Hello and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts, making you an awesome writer one cut at a time. My name's Tim Clare and this is a show for writers and people who love reading and love books and love stories. Maybe a little bit too much, maybe to the detriment of their social lives. Uh, hello, how are you? I hope you're all well. Um, today... I am uh, no less enthusiastic than always. Sorry, that sounded like like I was damning with faint praise. I'm just trying to not say I'm really excited yet again. I am really thrilled, though, to um, have on the show um, Millie Seward, who is going to talk to us a little bit about the about the um, mysterious and arcane arts of book publicity. How, how are you, Millie? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. You are absolutely so, so welcome. Now, I, I'd sort of, I must confess, obviously, like a personal interest in this as an author who um, who lives or and dies, uh, not quite literally, but um, almost, it seems like sometimes, um, by people being interested in what I do and also having loads of people who listen to the show who are at various stages in their career from just sort of tiptoeing around the idea that they might one day have a go at writing right up to people who've got multiple books out um this is an area that we all think about some of us are really engaged with some of us don't like to think about at all um and so really really interested to talk to you but before we get into any of uh, of that i just wanted to ask a little bit about um you where you sort of how you how you got into this game, where you where you where you're coming from and how you found yourself um, doing what you do. Yeah, well, it all started basically I was at university studying English literature, as I'm sure many, many people who listen to this podcast have done themselves. And um, everyone was just always asking me, you know, what do you want to do when you finish? Um, and I didn't really have any idea. Um, I kind of thought oh you know publishing that would be great but it's going to be really difficult I don't really know anyone who works there or you know how to get into that and I also had the impression that it was all going to be about um correcting spelling mistakes and things like that and I'm just so awful at any of that stuff so I didn't think it was for me um and then very luckily it was like a family friend of a friend of a friend who I basically begged um, and I got some work experience and uh, the work experience was in the publicity department. Um, I didn't have any knowledge about what that was going to be like. I didn't really know anything about how to do publicity, but I thought, let's go for it anyway. And when I got there, I just really fell in love with it and thought, no, this is the department for me in publishing. Uh, it kind of suits my skill set. Um, and then from then, so that was second year of university. And then basically after that, every chance I got, I came and did uh, work experience placements, you know, two weeks at a time. And then it was also just that you know, it's publishing is quite a small world. And um, it just so happened when I was there doing one of my final uh, work experience placements after I'd graduated, that a job came up in a, a different uh, publishing company and um, they recommended me for the job. So I had the interview. I didn't expect to get it. I thought, you know, this will be my first of my proper adult job interviews. Um, but I did. And that was yeah. about five years ago. And uh, yeah, and I've been working in publicity for various publishing houses ever since. Right. So uh, one thing I want to do before we kind of get into me um, ruthlessly strip mining your years of hard work um, for personal uh, gain and for the greater good, obviously. But before I do that, I just wanted to ask, like, what's your own sort of personal relationship with books and stories? Because you went and you studied English literature and then you went to publishing. I just wondered, like, what were the first stories or can you remember any stories that were real milestone stories for you? Of course. Cool. So I've always been a huge, huge reader, um, basically since I was about four years old. Uh, and, um, you know, I used to love Roald Dahl books. Um, and obviously, I grew up in the generation of Harry Potter. So there was a huge excitement whenever any of those books came out. But um, I've always just loved reading and loved literature. I remember, um, I think one of the, the first grown up book I ever read was Jane Eyre. And it just really, I just discovered that kind of love of stories um and also about um discovering a world that's so different from yours obviously a lot of the children's publishing you know it's all about um you know, reading 
a story that involves a child whereas this was something she starts off as a child but then you kind of go with her as an adult in Jane Eyre and I think that was the first time that really stuck with me um the power of storytelling who I could relate to this person even though I was you know an 11 year old <laughs> um and then I always yeah I kind of thought growing up I was interested in the arts but didn't really know what to do I thought oh maybe I'll be a journalist and then I realized that I was really rubbish at writing my own stories um and then uh I knew that English was kind of just my best subject I was just really passionate about it so despite my dad's degree at university I just knew that was what I wanted to do um and then yeah and then here we are so Actually, before before I'm go, before I go, I just want to I want to like go back a little bit. So you talked about sort of being um, of the Harry Potter generation, and I, I I know it's kind of like the elephant in the room, and I don't want to like I know like the, so many people use that as a benchmark or say or when they're talking about stories, they kind of. But I'm genuinely interested to ask you about it because one, you grew up with the books; they were over this period. And I haven't read them. And so just, I know, right? So exactly. So what I'd like, I'd really be interested to know how, what it was like to engage with those stories. And, and when you jumped aboard the the series at what at what at what point just because I think it's it is kind of it is kind of fascinating as a cultural phenomenon and as something that's such a touchstone for people now and it's something that I'm like I did I was like left behind as the kids went into the magic magic mountain right like for one reason or another I didn't engage with those books yeah it's just about your like I think it's you know if you so I so when the first books came out I was eight or nine and they're obviously geared towards that age group and I think um so you can get involved with them I think if you were slightly older and you were reading that and you and you were a big reader anyway if you were reading those reading those books at you know slightly older age you might not be as engaged because they're a bit more kind of simplistic I guess um but it's funny because obviously there's so many people now in publishing who are you know they're obsessed with Harry Potter that was like their first big um obsession with books and you know you get people who work here who have like harry potter tattoos and it's like their the quotes from harry potter are their you know shining <laughs> beacon um i yeah i grew up uh so yeah i started reading them when i was eight or nine um i just remember i think my mum had heard about them somewhere i'm not sure where and had bought them for me the first two books and i just you know i just fell in love with them i loved the story um and it, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just one of those things I don't think you get it anymore as well. And it is very much of a it's time where, you know, ebooks weren't downloaded them. You couldn't get a book any earlier than if when it was put out on the shelves. And it just became such a phenomenon that you would go and wait for midnight and wait and go out, queue outside the borders and wait for them to come and read them within like a day because you didn't want anyone to tell you what happened. And actually, thank God that Twitter wasn't really around at that point, because I can totally imagine people spoiling each other on there deliberately. Um, I remember there was one time when um, I was always on holiday when they came out, so I would try and avoid any, uh, any like talking to my friends or anything like that well, when they had come out. But someone had put, um, I'm going to do a spoiler alert now, which hopefully everyone will know, um, that they had hung a sheet over the motorway saying Dumbledore is dead. And people <laughs> just went crazy. So I think that was like the first like prim primitive spoiler. <laughs> which I was just, just insane. People were not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And obviously, you know, tons of crying children on the motorway. I just, I, it was just, yeah, I don't know how to describe that kind of feeling. Um, it was just, uh, I just couldn't wait to, to read those books. And I think it definitely did really encourage people to get involved in reading that. Maybe people who don't necessarily, who wouldn't necessarily have been boys, girls, across generation and gender. Yeah, and, and, and of course, adults reading them as, as as well. That's the thing is, is adults then sitting down and reading the same books and having conversations about them as well and and also you know they released those um adult versions with uh, different covers so yeah. that you wouldn't feel embarrassed about reading the reading on the train but also now you know um i've got three half sisters who are much younger than me so i one of the first one 
one of them, um, the eldest, is a massive reader. And one of the first things I wanted to do was to give her copies of Harry Potter because I just knew you know how much that meant to me and they absolutely love them and are obsessed and it kind of will keep going I think throughout so we were like as I said you know a Harry Potter generation but I think that will hopefully continue um you know as we go forward and and you know with all the theme parks and the movies it can only um grow yeah do you do you think um do you think I, I know again I I sort of I, I'm very wary of using it ever as a case study because I know it, it's such a different <laughs> beast. but but at the same time do you think any all of that stuff you're talking about it being a sort of like phenomenon and people being engaged with it and it reminds me of like it seems like an probably because it is an awful com- the irrelevant comparison but I think about like reading like when the text of uh Byron's the Corsair came out that it sold 50,000 copies on the first day that poem like people were queuing up to read <laughs> yeah. a poem that someone had put out but I, I wonder especially because you you know you do publicity um do you think that kind of thing is something that just happens organically mm-hmm. or can it be or is it steered? Is there something about a certain type of book? Or because I think this is going to get, I think this will link into some kind, something fundamental, which we're going to be asking about book publicity and how much control one has at all. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I think actually, so that kind of phenomenon can't be created. It is organic. You can do so much. Um, we have, you know, there are plenty of examples across the book industry, and I'm sure anyone will be able to tell you that, you know, you, you have like a big book that you're really invested in. The company is like, this is going to be amazing, and it just falls flat, doesn't work. And it, you can only do that because the readers have to be invested too. Like, you can spend all the money you want on, you know, on a book. Um, you can put it in everywhere, but if if something is not connecting with the readers, then it just won't sell. And it's also about people who the fundamental obviously we'll talk about this a bit more in publicity but also it's like reader recommendations and people is a huge part and people telling each other about the book and that can only happen organically um to create a phenomenon like that I think once every few years thing that doesn't happen very often and if we could make it happen for every book then we would do it because obviously everyone wants to thousands fifty thousand copies um but yeah i do think it is an organic thing that just so happens to hit the right moment the right people um as well as a backing from a publisher that yeah i'm by the way i'm not trying to do you out of a job here by going so we all know that there's nothing you can do to change the fate of a book i i realize (laughs) and then you're like yeah we just we don't really know what we're doing yeah whatever yeah it's fine don't worry about it yeah so that it's actually probably a good sorry go on no i was just saying no i was just gonna say there are things that you can do but yeah i think it for things like that it's quite it's very difficult to create unorganically so i think this is probably a good point for you to explain i feel a bit like um wordsworth wordsworth addressing the leech gatherer on the lonely moor but um come tell me how you live and what it, what it is you do um can you explain what is your your job basically that's the i i said i might ask you some um uh, on the face of it stupid questions but what is your job what is your job and what do you do day to day so my job is basically to make sure as many people as possible know that this book is out and it's coming. So I talk to, I liaise with media. So that's uh, newspapers and magazines, online, radio and TV um, every day and try and get them to cover the books that I'm working on. Um, and I also work with um, bloggers and uh, booktubers and bookstagrammers and all of those people um, to just make sure that as many people as possible know about the book. The main thing actually that I I found the difference that I didn't know before I started working in publicity was the difference between publicity and marketing which I think um, people often get things confused and it is often it is quite a blurred line but I would basically say so marketing is on a very simplistic level, is anything that you pay for. So if you're paying for um, on uh, on the 
YouTube or if you're paying for an advert like a sponsored content on social, uh, that's all marketing. Whereas publicity, everything is done for free. Uh, so you, you will um, try and get places to cover things, but they, you know, you don't get any money for a review. And I can't pay people to review things, sadly. Um, and uh, often, if I'm asking an author, we work together quite often to uh, say for like like write write pieces for newspapers and magazines. More often than not, those will be as a reward for doing that. You'll get a um, a tag for your book, but you won't get paid. Uh, so it's basically like free publicity. Publicity is free. Marketing is paid for. Cool. Uh, and are there? I guess uh, so. So that you're kind of you're kind of like you're kind of like an 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 agent but on the kind of media end like making connections between different people finding journalists finding the um like bloggers and vloggers and things like that and letting people know about them sending out the emails and kind of offering this kind of buffet of different things um and trying to connect the right if i can extend the food metaphor a bit more like knowing people's different people's tastes or dietary requirements and steering the right dishes that they'll probably like towards them yeah exactly so what is important for me as well is like keeping my relationships with journalists um and bloggers and whoever they're basically making sure that um those relationships are good and i wouldn't go to a uh a reviewer who only reviews very literary highbrow fiction with something that's with a like an amazing crime novel because they're just not going to review it and there's no, no point in me kind of like pushing that on them when it's not going to benefit either of us um so it's basically yeah being a kind of agent between um the uh the author and um and the media and making that kind of making those connections between them and also supporting the author in things in front of the media so making sure that they feel comfortable going with them to things and making sure that everything runs smoothly you know if people are really nervous we can talk through what kind of things will come up for them and basically kind of yeah be the mediator between the two and protector if that needs to be yeah and and, and i think some people listening might not might go well you know aren't some of those things you know that doesn't none of, none of that seems oh I think I could manage that myself but like one thing I've found as an author is that I found public it sounds like it sounds so basic but um it's actually essential is sometimes I it's really useful for me to speak to the publicist and say what what are you telling people my books about because I have been inside it so long I can't describe it and not in a I just I waffle because I'm like, ah, oh, well, it started. It, well, you know, the idea started four years ago and I can't say what this book is, you know, and just having someone who can sort of go what this book is and wh whom it might appeal to is so useful. It's yeah definitely and also um you know my job is to get journalists interested and you know there is uh they will be sent so journalists are sent you know thousands and thousands of emails per day pitching them things saying this is the best you should cover this you should do that you would will get about three seconds to engage a journalist in what you have to say so being succinct and being like this is what or this is what i want you to write about like this is what the feature idea is, is super important. It was the first thing that I ever really learned. And I think it's vital because you do, you only have a short amount of time to engage that person. Otherwise, they're just going to scroll right on past and keep, you know, they get so many. Um, and also working out which is the best, um, who you're speaking to. So if you're looking, if you're speaking to a reviewer, then it is more important about explaining what the book is about and why they should review it. But if you're speaking to... Um, say a features editor so something that they're going to write it's more about this the, the author themselves like the personal story what they can write the story that, that they're going to write is it newsworthy is it interesting and it's less about the book itself so quite often when I'm pitching to features or for interviews on radio and tv and things like that I focus far more on what the author is the actual book because more often than they're not that's going to be the thing that makes them interested because the I guess in those situations, 
it's really di- it's like difficult bless authors and i know i'm saying this as one right I, I feel very bad sometimes when, yeah, I just, you know, um, being like, mine, your personal stories for me and I will put them onto the national press. Authors, because I think you kind of like, you write this book and you think, gosh, I've finished a book and now it's being published. This is like big news to me. Tim Tim Clare has written a novel and then he sold it, right? And you go, gosh, maybe that could be the story. Man writes book. Uh, and it's not and 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 it's and it's and it's kind of it's really difficult to kind of to parse that and go what is the story and why am i the person to talk about it yeah it is and like i always yeah i always say like to authors like i'm really sorry but they're not interested in this is how i wrote my novel unless how you wrote your novel was like I escaped a crazy cult who didn't allow you to hold a pen and now I've written this novel and it was all handwritten. Do you know, something like that would be like, yeah, that would be really interesting. But if you're just like, um, I tried really hard to write the novel and I didn't get it for a while and then I've had, I didn't, and then I up being published. It's like, that's not what publicity is about. If you think it's so important to, to you, but you have to think, like when you've read a newspaper or a magazine I always like I try and say to people as well like authors or um looking to you want to write features and you want to write things that are different just buy a load of the weekend magazines and flick through and see how many times at the bottom of whichever piece that you're reading is a kind of promotion for a book and then see what they have written and you'll see most like 95 percent of the time not got anything to do with this is how I got published sadly it's a real it's a, I, I hate that it's you're a tricky, saying that it's a tricky I'm, thing reviews on the other hand you know that is a, you don't have to do that I think features and it's a whole different ball game and some people just aren't oh sorry I was just gonna say I feel very called out right now because I'm like I'm like definitely definitely in conversations I've gone with my publicist or editor I've like gone um I've got an idea for a feature it's, it could be yeah. like here's 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 a title for you. Author mm. writes second novel, and it's like it's a bit. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a shit to write, and some yeah. and like, they're like, like yeah. oh yeah, could could be. Yeah, we'll put that in the we'll put that on the list. <laughs> and you're like, and you're yeah, like, yeah. You weren't the first so person to go so through this. Hard. Yeah, it's so hard, and I do also think like. You know, the, I always think as well, like features like this, um, and I've said this to authors and stuff, they're kind of like the icing on the cake and they're not necessarily like, if you don't have anything that you want to write about or you don't feel like it's strong enough, it's not the end of the world. Like that's not going to mean that your book isn't going to get any coverage or you're just like a failure. It's totally not that. And some people just don't like doing them and that is fair. And some people as well just aren't good at them. You know, you have to change. It's just a different skill set from writing a novel to writing for a newspaper it's completely different um and some people just it's not for them and that is again it's completely fine so i've got a couple of quick fire questions for you first of all so you talk, talked about it not always i say quick fire questions i'm so rambly and awful at articulating myself that they never come out like that i'm sure you'll be wonderfully succinct but i just can't um but so you talk about um some people you know aren't good at these things and not everyone needs them so i i know you can't give me exact figures for this it's not an exact science but what kind of publicities shift books and what kind of publicity is often makes the author feel good but maybe but maybe is more on the awareness scale rather than making someone go, oh, I'll buy that. Can you get, can you kind of shift, can you sift stuff like that or not? Well, yeah. I mean, I think mo- things, it's often, you can't, it, the books, like it changes per book, but I would say that nearly always is um, broadcast. So either TV or radio makes a massive difference to, um, we often see, we, we quite often track um say on Amazon when their spikes are sales spikes and we see that most often when it's radio and TV so either like BBC Breakfast is always great but 
and um, like BBC Radio 2, again, always fantastic. But it's so, you know, they're so highly competitive. Um, and also sometimes we found, it's gonna, I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but sometimes we found that if you do, you get an author on BBC Breakfast and you're like, great, that's amazing. And then you actually look and they have made no difference whatsoever on the sales and you're like, why? And it just happens to be that like that, maybe the the author it didn't just didn't connect and you can't ever really predict that um but as a general rule tv and radio are definitely the best kind of big boosters but also um reviews in places like the mail and the times do tend to see like a spike in review in copies um and i would say um i don't know i guess when i've uh, i don't want to uh offend anyone because I know that probably quite a lot of like book bloggers listen to your podcast and they are so amazing support we we like we love book bloggers I yeah think we can just underline that they are the best they are wonderful people I read book blogs I think they're fun they think they're fantastic and I-, I was just gonna say not but at the reviewers themselves or the reviews that they give I think they're amazing and they do often they do result in people buying books I've seen it but I was just going to say the, the like publicity thing that we do quite often as well is um, book uh, blog tours. And I would say that unless they're and when they're reviews, when people, when bloggers very kindly review those books and put them on the tour, that works really well. But when it's um, lots of like guest posts from the author themselves or like Q&As and things like that or extracts in particular, that I would say isn't necessarily like a big driver. But I think that the when book bloggers like review and get really behind a book, that can make a big difference. So when so blog tours, can you just would you mind just explaining what they are to anyone listening who doesn't know? Of course, of course. So uh, blog tours are a are mainly on Twitter, but sometimes on Facebook as well, where you will um, have like a week or two where a blogger per day you have a blogger per day or more than one blogger per day, like posting about the same book. And it can be like reviews or, um, as I said, reviews or uh, Q&As or extracts and stuff. And they basically kind of, and lots of bloggers as well, like share those and amplify those uh, across the so- across social. So that's what a blog tour is. You're kind of like, like touring the different blogs as you go through. Um, I would, you know, they are, there are numerous blog tours going on at any point. So if you ever log into Twitter, and if you follow any book bloggers you will definitely see a blog tour going on um and yeah as I said I, I personally and you know I I having spoken to bloggers as well I think the most engagement comes from a review on those blogger sites rather than um the other things like Q&A's and, and extracts and things like that yeah and I think you know you're not you're just saying it doesn't necessarily drive sales not that they aren't a nice thing to do it's just they might not convert into loads of people buying the book yeah, I would say if you're like thinking, great, like I'm gonna get, look, I'm gonna get a big spike in this. You probably won't, but there are so many adv- There is also advantages to it because quite often as well, book bloggers I find are, am- are also like they're amazing at sharing those reviews across all different platforms, not just their own blog. So if you're doing a blog tour, you know you'll quite often get a big spike of reviews on Amazon, which always helps. Like if you've gone up and you know if you can see oh, like loads of people have reviewed this and it's amazing, then you're more than likely to buy that book. Um, Mm. So that, you know, it's not necessarily a a straightforward transaction of, oh, I read this review on this blog, um, so now I'm just going to go straight away and buy it. But if you've seen it around and then you go on to, you've seen it around because lots of people are posting about it and then you go on to Amazon or obviously any other retailer uh, and you can, and you see all all these people have said amazing things about it, then that might encourage you to buy it absolutely so i'm going to ask you a thank you that was a really really great and informative answer and i've learned something from that as well um because i've definitely seen people doing blog tours and felt seethingly envious uh, i've been like oh wow that looks amazing um so it, it, it it's um sorry i was gonna i don't mean to sound like schadenfreude like oh well it's good to know that those people because i know that there's different ways of engaging and you, it can just be nice to engage with some other people who love books but um it's good to know if you're not doing them you know you're not nec- it's not it doesn't mean it's not a disaster if you can't no absolutely one. not no 
and it also and it also depends on on the book a type as well I think for that because there are some genres that will work really well and there are lots of bloggers who love a certain type of book you know I've worked a lot on crime and I know loads of amazing bloggers who mainly focus on crime and they're much more like you know they're very engaged and have in doing uh, crime book blog tours but then I say for instance you know just my own personal experience like I haven't really worked on that many history books and I wouldn't really know if that would work on a blog tour whereas like crime or I hate to use the phrase but like women's fiction works really well on those kind of things um and yeah so it just very much depends on the genre that you're writing in and not necessarily you know it's not a blanket universal thing that if you're not doing you're missing out I that brings me on to a, a question that's kind of like two conjoined questions which is, and again, feel free to rubbish the question, the um, premise if it's a silly premise. But what kind of books are a like a dream to promote? Like just you can find things here and here and people are like, and which ones are more challenging to publicise? Yeah. So um, celebrity always is, you know, it comes with its own challenges, but it's very working on a celebrity book that you don't have people coming to you and saying I really want to cover this which normally just doesn't happen if you're promoting another uh you know a non-celebrity author um so that would be like autobiographies and things like that again as I said they come with their own challenges but, but those are very easy what, what are the challenges oh well you know the celebrity themselves sometimes they can be <laughs> I feel like you're tiptoeing around something I was just wondering no no oh, they're always lovely no but it's also like they come with you know most of the time on those people as well they have like whole teams of people who are they'll already have like their own publicist and they'll be doing loads of other stuff as well as doing the book so it's more about like time management and creating schedules and working with other people who have other um you know they're invested in other things not necessarily like just their book is it like is it like going to prison do you have to like meet their team and like beat up the biggest member of their publicity team to gain respect within the pack yes yes <laughs> you have you can't show any signs of weakness or they'll uh, they'll get you uh <laughs> Um, and obviously, yeah, and, you know, they're quite often doing other things. But it, in terms of publicity, it's not, it's great. And also it gives you the good opportunity. You can, you know, you can go on those big shows quite often if you're having a celebrity author. Um, and that's always fun and interesting to do as just for my own personal uh, enjoyment. Um, and then in terms of other publicity, I would say, you know, literary fiction does get a lot of coverage in newspapers um, in particular. Uh, I think it doesn't necessarily result in, you know, it's not like the Sunday Times bestsellers are full of literary novels, but it definitely them far more likely to review that kind of thing. And then your second part of your question about the hardest ones, I think like commercial fiction is really difficult um, to promote in the kind of sense um, because there's not that many places that will that will cover it. Um, you know, you don't get that many. You won't get a review if you have a uh, a women's fiction title you're you're not going to get a review in like in the times or the telegraph or anything like that uh but the daily mail do like do review roundups of those kind of things but again it's like monthly maybe like one review and you'll have a roundup of all the publishing and um you know there's a lot of books being published so if you get a review in that then it's really good um but and all but um yeah, I think those are the hardest ones. I think women's fiction is definitely the hardest to promote. Wait, let me, let me just get my head around, around this, Millie, because yeah. I, I just want to... Un... No, um, sorry if I... I'm, no, 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 I think it's really... I think I, I just something's... Because I, I, you said, like, oh, literary fiction is sort of, in general, easier to find coverage for than commercial fiction. But in general, commercial fiction will outsell the literary counterparts, even though it's harder to get publicity for. Yes can you kind of square that circle for me because that's a really interesting apparent people are going to be hearing that and going well it's harder to get people's attention on commercial fiction but more people are buying it yeah what's going on yes so that's when it comes into where um you know there are all different factors of what, what we're talking about the phenomenon earlier on in the and when we were talking about the different very different things that go on to make that and it's not necessarily like just publicity so commercial fiction quite often will have much more of a marketing spend on it to like get people uh people's attention and then it will also quite often be in place in more places than literary fiction so you're more able to pick it up in different places so you're more than likely going to be able to get it in supermarkets which you wouldn't get a literary fiction title in those kind of 
in that in that space um so that is a kind of that's kind of why I would say um it all works together so that even though for that for me from my job like say I would say commercial fiction when I'm working on those titles I don't want to see like I will try my best to do stuff but the onus isn't necessarily just on me to get coverage there'll be oh lots of different things that feed into that um yeah so I think that's probably why you see that discrepancy like if you if you look through a lot of the um uh the newspapers just what they review and then check the Sunday Times bestsellers you won't see that that many although there has been a bit of a rise more recently you know people like Sally Rooney for instance that's literary fiction and marketed as such and book and that has been reviewed everywhere and is also in the Sunday Times best. So I was sort of looking at the different sort of sales figures for literary, for, especially for literary fiction. And I want to sort of bring up something that you might have an opinion on. I don't know. But um, it, I've heard, had several people say to me that they feel that publisher resources are increasingly skewed around a smaller number of kind of like super promoted titles. Um, and so we see actually like a huge proportion of sales. Um, uh going around sort of you know one or two sort of flagship titles is that is that something new or was or or, or was it forever thus or you know I because because I've heard ever since ever since I've been sort of like around publishing people they've been saying the sky's falling in oh no no no, no. the end the 1993 end of the net book agreement everything's going to hell I've never been in publishing where people haven't been saying it was better in the old days. Everything's going to hell, and yet people are people, but but experts and people who work in there. Also, I don't think that they're being insincere. What's your take on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's we the the market has definitely contracted, so there are definitely less books being bought. Um, although it has had a steady increase. I mean, I started in. 2013 and everyone was really worried about kindle and how that was going to like basically like destroy the book industry and it was going to be like the music industry and basically no one will want to buy books anymore and it will just be you know it will just be ebook only and that has consequently not happened i think that um people will always be invested in physical copies and actually i think over the last year that market has like has grown um you know i think there is a bit more faith from the publishing industry back into into shops and back into into physical which is good i mean i do think that in terms of like super leads and things like that where you're talking about like people put all their resources behind stuff so they're called just to just to nail that that term they're called super leads are they I think, you know, that's just maybe where I've heard the term. It's not a general term, but there will be one or two books. As far as I where in my in my career, there'll be one or two books that people are like, yes, this is what we can really push. I think this is the thing that we need to put lots of stuff behind it. So be that like money, money and time. Um, but it's not necessarily you know, that's not the only the only title that people will do. People will say like they each people have their passion projects and things that they want to push to but it also um you know sometimes it will be a case of if you say for instance you've um written you've an author of more than you know seven or eight books and you're kind of going strong and you're still continuing you're probably not going to get that massive push from a publisher at that point because you've already proven your track record do you see? So you're probably not going, you're going to have your fans, your dedicated fans, and they'll continue continue to tick along. And it's only if, you know, we suddenly realize, I would say, people realize that things are maybe like dropping off, that we need to do a bit more of a push and get new people back on board for that. But then there'll always be someone that we really want to push and break out. And then it doesn't always work, um, but sometimes it does. So someone, that's really, really, really useful knowledge. Someone said to me recently, uh, that readers these days are less loyal and they're more likely to follow sort of, I guess, book club choices or that kind of thing rather than glom onto an author. And uh, is that in your experience true? Or I, I don't know if that is true, to be honest. Is the backlist uh, dead? No, 
I don't think that it is. I mean, it's difficult. It's hard to, to say because obviously, you know, all the coverage and stuff like the for I work on, I'm just working on new books and I don't and I won't after. So when the book comes out, I will obviously and for, and for the few months afterwards, I am still like working on things and if things but I won't be actively pushing things like that anymore. My time has to go on new things and I have to then move on to the next one. Obviously, I try with my campaigns as well to make sure that things are going beyond not just like, oh, the pub day is here and now I think doing anything. I try and make sure that things are going on throughout that period. But for me, I can't look at backlist and try and push it because it's just not I don't have the capacity to do that as well as all the other books that we publish. So I but I. Do you think that people, I don't know if that's necessarily true that authors are less loyal. I think you can see that throughout. If you, again, like look at Sunday Times bestsellers and see the people that are consistently on there every time they bring a book out. And I honestly do think that those people will continue to read those people, those books. Um, it might be a bit harder to get into those books. Like if you have an author who's written, say, like 13 books in a series and you don't really feel like you can go into that very easily I think that's a, a probably where people are less loyal but once you've got those people um I do think that people continue to buy those books what is there a is there a kind of like typical profile of like a super lead uh book you know especially a, a lot of these seem to be like like typically debuts now as well um do they have because I've certainly got my stereotype in my head um purely formed out of well my all right I'll tell you my my stereotype my stereotype of um a super lead book is it has a a white middle class protagonist who is in some of probably it's probably a strong voice novel so first person um probably they are in some way they they are although they're white and middle class they are in some other way an outsider um and um and the story follows them and it's it's driven largely by voice rather than plot um there may not even be and and maybe it engages with some some issue that um is it's possible to kind of spin off into uh it'd be some kind of maybe a social issue maybe just a, a stylistic issue but it'd be something where people in the first thing they do is they engage with the the voice like i tell you i'll tell you what one that i don't think was a super lead but um something the my, my most recent experience of the phenomenon and i'm sure you've got stories like this as well i was being super middle class last weekend it was my birthday and i got to go on a spa afternoon and i was sitting in the steam room and there were four mums in the room as well who knew each other who were there on a like post-Christmas kind of like pamper session and one was saying to the other oh my god I've been reading I think it's uh why mummy drinks and she was going and she was going and it's and it's like it's so true to life and it's she said I was crying with laughter and the voice the person is so realistic you would think it's just like I'm reading about my life you've got to read it and I was like I felt like I was you know what you were saying about people recommending to books to others, if I was going to make like a skit of someone doing that, it was it just it fulfilled all of those things. Someone unpaid, passionately t- telling three friends within the key demographic, I love this book. Buy it at your next convenience. It's funny. This is why you'll love it. Um, yeah. But mostly it's like, yeah, I'd say like white middle class, sometimes female um, and and somehow an outsider and a voice. So generally first person. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that you're wrong <laughs> in terms of that. In terms of that, so. So, and I'm not saying that those are bad novels. I've had people on the show who've written them. You know, I've had Emma Healy on the show. I love that book. I've had, um, uh, I've had Joe Dunthorne on the show. I love Submarine. You know, these are not people who, um. I think have done anything but worked really hard on writing fantastic novels. Um, uh, 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 it's just like. It's like for that, I think it's like a combination of various things. So when those kind of like big buzzy books happen, what happens will be that they'll be bought for a lot of money. So mostly um, you'll be like, so you kind of have to put the money behind it to make back the money. <laughs> like otherwise you're not going to do it. And those kind of things for the auction, if they're bought for a lot of money, yeah, it's just if people think that they're relatable to the book market, so like you say, your demographic of why mummy drinks, you know, those people are the people who probably will buy books. 
and you just have to that's the kind of traditional thinking um you know I think things are changing a bit about what we're pushing and what you know for next year there's a lot more uh BAME books that are being pushed as like the big books for the year so um there's like um Queenie I don't know if you've seen that around which was published uh by uh Orion um and uh you know I work on uh an imprint called Dialogue Books which is about an inclusive uh publisher which is new it was launched uh last year and uh we publish books from all different kinds of backgrounds so like BAME backgrounds LGBT backgrounds working class backgrounds um we try and uh publish from everywhere and really push those people into um a bit more of the mainstream conversation that maybe publishing has lacked I would say and so you know we've got and we've got big books to publish and we're really pushing those people um we've, we've got Good Immigrant USA which is coming out in March this year which is um I think a really interesting uh so The Good Immigrant which came out in 2016 was a seismic shift I think in publishing and publishing's ideas of what could make a big bestseller so that was huge and um you know won a award it won like a reader award but like a books in my bag reader award in 2017 it was on it was it was re- it was really super it was really super cool anyone who hasn't read it read it i recommend it and we've um i've had uh nikesh on the show twice and i'm um, talking about his work so it's like i, I think it's a he, who edited the collection for people who don't know yeah yes yeah, so he edited this new edition that we're doing in March, which is the Good Immigrant USA, which focuses on uh, voices from the states. Um, but yeah, so that like I think it's changing of what can be seen as being like a super lead and what is the what what the bookmark buying market are interested in. I think it's not just white middle class people, and maybe before publishing hadn't really moved with times, and you know just general readers, um, but super leads. Yeah, I think we're seeing going to see a change in what those might be. Yeah, I think some um, uh, some genres are sort of uh, like end up being slightly ahead of the curve, and then other ones because people, you know, not wanting to sound too cynical, but I think people go where the money is, and like when you start seeing when they start going, oh we could make money maybe maybe we'll be more diverse because i think we could make money out of it which you know if that's why people do it then that's then then i'd rather they did it even if they're doing it to well of course you want to make money because otherwise you can't get your authors out there but yeah i think that's true and um well i hope so anyway i think it's really important that that happens um you can't just continue on in the same only appealing to the same people each time um and you know there are many many readers and we were talking about um you know going where the money is and when those books kind of come successful I mean publishing is is a business at the end of the day like we all have to make money and and publish books that sell and when something is a success I would say that people do tend to follow uh and but you uh say for instance you know I uh Fifty Shades of Grey like a few years ago and then there was a whole spate of of erotic fiction that definitely doesn't sell in the same way anymore or like um you know this last year so uh Eleanor Oliphant is, was a huge success and then everyone's now talking about uplit and I guarantee you that in 2019 we'll... so wait 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 can you de- define that uplit yeah so it was a kind of a media term so it's basically literature that makes you feel happy and good um but it's not too they kind of differentiated it from maybe like more traditional women's fiction. Uh, again, it's like a bit of snobbery there, I think. Uh, so Eleanor Oliphant, for instance, it makes you feel good about the world and the people in it. Like there's a happy story at the end and a happy ending. Um, Odd balls and misfits kind of come together and everything works out. Can you just, for people who haven't read it, which must be... A, a small community on the Isle of Skye in the UK since I believe it was something like accounted for like something like 30% of lit, lit, literary fiction sales for the whole of the UK last year, that one book. Can you give a little pricey of it for people who are listening who maybe because we have actually because we do have quite a large American audience who might not. Oh, know. OK. Yeah. And I don't know if it's come out there or if it, it is coming. But so Eleanor Oliphant was a huge success in, in the UK and it was about a woman, Eleanor, who um, was a bit odd and couldn't really um, relate to anybody. Um, and but you kind of she was quite like a lovable character still. And then she 
basically decides that is enough is enough and she tries to expand her horizons and you know she makes new friends and uh, but there is a kind of darker side to it um, which I won't want to give away to people um, so there's the highs and the lows and, it, and I mean I thought it was a, an amazing book I love absolutely loved it when it came out um, did it have a huge marketing push behind it yeah massive Sorry, sorry. Public, public, marketing. We, I've, I've misused the very thing that you said oh, at the beginning. Did it have a big publicity push? Yeah, no, it really, it did, and that was clearly. So it was published by HarperCollins, and they did a most amazing job. And and then again, that's an example that clearly was their huge push for that year, and it worked. It... And and um, 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 Millie, am I right? I'm thinking I've not read it, but is it a white middle class outsider character it, written in a first person yeah. voice? Oh, what a surprise! Oh my gosh, yes, you you nailed it. <laughs> <But> nice one, publishing. <laughs> they still sold, but I'm hoping it will change as discussed. But you know, I think like um, there was a thing in the press of a little while, a couple of months ago, about how crime is the UK's best-selling genre, and um, you know, I, we see that all the time um and we have so many amazing crime writers coming forward and it'd be good and you know there is quite often like a crime lead and those things that people do like push and there's new people coming in all the time um yeah i think it's hopefully things will be changing yeah i'm I'm not i'm not i i should say it's incredibly unfair of me to like lay the responsibility for the entire buying uh tastes of the british public at your feet. <laughs> oh, well, I, I wish I had that power. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, can I ask you now a completely self-interested question, which is like, as an author who's got a book coming out in May, uh, my my second, yeah, in some ways. Um, so it's, you know, like my second novel, third fiction book, fourth book overall. Um, are there things that authors can do that is i suppose the mildest form of the question the sort of i guess more specifically a, a lot of authors ask me like how is that public and, and we do have like indie authors on the show as well and like so sometimes there are and what i would say about you're saying that the ero- sort of erotic and romance sales have tailed off i think they've ta- tailed off in trad publishing i think kindle romance and kindle like is this huge boom um and i know people who've you know been able to quit their jobs and deal that market so i mean i mean more like the 50 shades of gray type model in terms mm. of like and loads of books that looked like that and sure. were basically that publishing yes like you say in traditional publishing absolutely like in the um wider sphere it's a huge genre so i hope i didn't so as an author what i guess my two questions are what can i do um to help my book along and 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 sh- should i should I realistically be doing anything or is the best thing I can do to get on with writing the next one? Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's definitely things that you can do. And and um, what I would say is like, think, make it in terms of for my job and publicity, what makes my job easier is if we sit down and talk and have a real think about what you want to say in publicity and what the thing, what the key messages are from your book or also key things that you want to write about and then once it's like clear and succinct in everyone's minds I think that makes it a lot easier to go forward it's also a case of you know if you want to do an event with your local bookshop and you feel like you're not getting where just go in and uh and ask and then the the your publicist will be more than happy to like you know make sure that there are books there or get you know make show cards and things which basically advertise the book the event and do all those kind of things like if you can um i would promote yourself in that sense like and it sounds like a horrible thing to do but and really pushy but it's definitely the best way especially for things like your local bookshop is um is vital yeah i think you're drastically underestimating my um sense of shame millie to be honest you're like oh no i i, I was already mentally kind of like marching in with my uh, cravat and beret and saying i am a local author of some regard <laughs> yes and then we'll bow down i'm sure and want to do an event and i think but they, most bookshops are receptive to doing things like that and having people come in they love having like, like local authors um and what else would be i mean there's definitely things 
try and make connections to other authors and people like that that you never know when that's going to be able to help you um so go to events that are things like uh, to other people's events um go to things like you know if you're a crime author go to places like if you can go to places like Harrogate or Crime Fest or um Bloody Scotland or all of those things because there are a load of authors there who all want to make you know make connections themselves and they're mostly a friendly bunch I would say um and you know you can team up and go and do things together or like you know uh, or quote for each other or shout about each other on social media those things make a difference and that's something that you can do as an author that we can't necessarily do ourselves um yeah I think those things so, and but those things all sound like I mean would those things do those things do those things uh, you know like do those things move the needle or are, because I can see like meeting with other authors and, you know, doing this show, I've kind of accidentally created this kind of water cooler for myself that I didn't have before. And so it's been incredibly therapeutic for me. Um, and, and so I think all those things you're saying about going and meeting other authors, there's reasons even just beyond publicity that are purely to do with having a community that are so that it, they're like intrinsically good things to do even if it didn't have these other fringe benefits no my my, sort of, my the, the kind of like hard truth i'm asking to engage with yeah does it move the needle on on, on sales or 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 is that or is you are you just putting your sort of paper boat no. into the river and you just watch it go yeah, no, I think, um, no. So, for instance, like, uh, events will, like, you know, unless you're doing the Royal Albert Hall, you're, you know, you might not sell loads and loads of copies, but you will, it will, like, build up. And it also is, like, word of mouth, again, of those things. So you go, people go and see you, and then they might be like, I went to this amazing talk last night. This guy was great, and I really liked it, and I bought his book, and I think everyone, I think you should buy it, and, uh, you know, I think you'll really enjoy it. So, it's, again, it's like that. So on an event, you say if you had a room of with 50 people, you might sell like 15 copies. But if those 15 people then go and tell another 15 people that they really enjoyed this book and that this person was really interesting, then and then they tell people and they tell people, you know, it does, you can't like quantify it in, you know, exact science. But those things definitely help. And in terms of like making friends with other authors and doing those uh, getting people to talk about you and chat about you on social you know it does help in terms of when we are talking about your book to press you can be like well blah 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 said this and then blah 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 said this and they're like you know figures that people might know or you know they have knowledge of like respect them or they're big people in their field and even if they're not like um and you met them at a party yeah and i think and it will encourage people to be invested in you if this person says i like this person then lots of people might be like, well, you know, I might like them too. Sure. Okay. I mean, I, I, I suppose for some people listening, they're going to be worried. I suppose, what, have you got anything to say for people who are worried from what you're saying that, you know, people that you met at a party or these kind of things that it does, what if you're a really shy author, right? What if you're someone who, or you're not from, you don't have the social capital or the mobility or you live somewhere isolated and you're like or you know you have you know like I'm a I'm a dad now I, I I've got, I'm limited in how far I can go out because I've got looking after my daughter um for people who are like nervous that they're and I get like because the emails I get people say they're worried they're too old um they're worried that they're not the they haven't lived an exciting enough life yeah um <laughs> Is, you know, are those people, is the truth, oh, well, you're going to find it harder or what's the... You know what, I, I, I think in terms of, like, exciting life stuff and all of that, there is not often, I will work with someone and see if there is anything. And if there isn't anything that they don't want to write about, then then that's kind of, you know, not their fault, but it's just that's maybe publicity on that angle, on that side of it, maybe isn't the angle that you're going to get. Um, but that's not like you know there's other things that you can do um you know there is and also if you're shy as I would say like online you know if you are online or on social media that kind of takes away a little bit of stigma of being like approaching someone because you can um you know you can add an author that you like and say oh I'm like a big fan you know maybe they won't get back to you but you haven't 
lost out on anything by doing that. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it is hard. I don't really know if there's an easy answer to be like, this is what you should do. No, if, I, there was, if, if there was an, if there was like this kind of like, if publicity, the job that I do, if it was like prescriptive, you can be like, well, if you do this and this and this and this, then that will equal this and you will sell this many copies. You just can't predict it. Um, but the only way of kind of letting people know about your book is to let people know about your book. You have to talk about it, even if it's, seems embarrassing sure I think that's really helpful Millie I'd much rather you were sort of like honest about it and go yes and it is difficult and it's not an exact science and yeah and I think you know I suppose what I'd underline two things that you said is one in my experience I've been so people don't think of me as a shy person they think of me as like a cocky gobshite I'm not I'm incredibly shy I have like a stammer when I speak to people in shops I genuinely have all sorts of like social anxieties um and I've been amazed when I've plucked up the courage to message people Mm. how one how many people have got back and been really nice or even said yes and two how almost never has someone got back and said how you lit you little toad how dare you get in touch at worst someone just doesn't get back or says i'm sorry i'm too busy like that so uh, rarely have i had anything that could be construed as someone sort of being irritated so i i think once that you get over that it's kind of fine yeah i would i think you can just like approach people and so i mean what i would do as well is like you know have a little bit of a look through stuff on their on their twitter and you know if they've said like four tweets ago i'm not i'm really busy and i'm not looking to look at any more books then maybe don't do that or if you like if you're looking to get bloggers on side you know I look on their blog and see like hang on a minute is this book going to be of interest to them um will this be something that they actually want to look at or am I just kind of like don't just kind of do like a scattergun or approach all and everyone um but yeah I think approaching people like that on social most people are friendly and nice and if you're also courteous to them then it mostly tends to work out it's it sounds like actually that like and I think most people just from their own experience will know this that like it's better to be sort of a little bit awkward but sort of authentic and be like hi than be like this slick media operator that you know, because I'm not particularly swayed by someone who's just like amazing at doing like these social media posts with like hashtags and hi guys, it's me. Rather than someone going, I wrote, I wrote something. Here's a review of it. Like I'm much more likely to engage with someone who I feel at some level is, even if that authenticity is a carefully cultivated fraud. Like I, I think I. I, I, I'm not necessarily, most of us aren't won over by someone being slick so much as someone being able to engage with us with something we're interested in. Exactly. And I think that is definitely something that I, when I've talked to authors in the past who maybe haven't, you know, they've just joined social media, they're not really okay with what they want to do and how they want to come across. And it's basically just like, well, use it how you, how you would naturally. You have to be authentic because otherwise people aren't going to be invested in following you or care about what you have to say if you're just you know acting out in a different way that you would be in in normal life um and I think yeah like you say you should if you're a bit kind of awkward about in <laughs> if you're awkward in real life maybe be a bit awkward on social media and that's okay yeah that yeah I'd say that's definitely me on social media is just like inc- 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 incredible lack of boundaries I would say is like... very much enjoying your tweets <laughs> oh thank you very much that was what I was fishing for Millie thank, thank you yes <laughs> finally thank you I was waiting for that um and and uh so that I just want to say thank you so so much for coming on the show and chatting about all this because it's so useful and it's really good to hear some of the stuff we can affect some of the stuff that maybe this is the reality we're engaging with. Now, what I'd like to finish with, if I can, yes. is, are, is there anyone that you've been reading at the moment or you've been working with or that you've seen out there, whether they don't feel constrained to not talk about your own stable of authors as if you have to, you know, of course, you, whoever, yours or otherwise, books that you are just, super excited about or books that you'd like people you think this deserves a an audience people should are going to be excited about this whatever what are the books that you're excited about at the moment um well as i mentioned before like working on 
dialogue I'm really uh which is our inclusive input I'm just really passionate about getting those books out there and people reading those authors um and it was actually one of the dialogue authors um Lucy Ayrton who introduced me to you yeah said that maybe I could so um shout out to Lucy she's amazing um and uh Lucy Lucy Ayrton is amazing by the way and um, I'm hoping to get her on the um show very soon to talk about her her novel because she yeah I know her through the a performance poetry scene where she was excellent and um, it's really thrilling to see her kind of like enter the world of fiction because I think it's something that she's um, like just somebody who's like honed their craft in front of an audience it, it really really gets you good at voice and words and narrative yeah and her book One More Chance is just fantastic and I really would urge people to read it I think it gives a different um a voice to someone that maybe you haven't really necessarily heard before. It's set in a woman's prison. It's set in Holloway before um, before it's been shut down. Lucy's very passionate about um, the prison service, and um, that comes across in her writing, which is completely non-judgmental. And you really care about that person. You really care about Danny, who's the protagonist in the book. So yes, big shout out to Lucy. Um, and then um, again, like a dialogue author, so like Good Immigrant USA, which is coming out in March. I'm really excited to be working on that. Um, and also Blacklisted by um, Jeffrey Boyaki, which um, I'm really looking forward to. And hopefully you'll see it in lots of places. It's a basic kind of a list, um, well, a history of language in the UK that's been used to describe um, black people and why, how some words have been assimilated into everyday language, why some of them have not, why do people kind of use black culture in various ways. Um, so it looks at that across um you know art and music and technology and all different kinds of things and Jeffrey is an amazing guy and he's a headmaster at a school in Doncaster and he's just moved there and um I think he I think that's going to be something really special um and then what else is there that I'm looking forward to there's always those people books just like drop on my desk or people around us are being like oh I got this and I just my book pile of things to read just keeps growing and growing and growing um but yeah those two are probably my most favorite coming up cool well i'm gonna put um uh links in the show notes of today's episode so anyone listening if you want to um check any of those out there'll be a buy list and a, and a pre-order uh links as the case may be um go because i know and i know we've got you know we've got um more than half the listeners of the show are in the US anyway so that'd be really exciting um would 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 in the, U, in the US in the uh end of February cool awesome well I'll put I'll put link I'll put links so people can go and pre-order them um because I've been I've been try you know I know like pre-ordering doesn't isn't something that a lot of us naturally do but I've just been explaining to people what a great thing it is for it's basically like giving yourself a present sometimes because you pre-order something and then (laughs) I got an email today and something I've something I've I've, just to say prove I practice what I preach that I've got something that is pre-ordered that is being published September 22nd of this year so I've got I've got all these things that are like that are going to come out and just it's going to land on my mat I forgot about this this is amazing oh my gosh it's the most exciting thing in the world you go oh my god it's here (laughs) but if you yeah yeah, like you I think you were going to say is like if you like an author definitely pre-order their book it makes a huge difference to just kind of um we can we like look at pre-orders it really helps us like gauge uh you know interest and can really make a big difference to the author so please yeah if you like someone just go on amazon has made it incredibly easy for you to do this to pre-order books so thank you so thank you so much for vindicating what i've been uh, beating people over the head with for weeks i really appreciate it and um thank you very much for coming on the show i really 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 appreciate it um Thank you very much. And everybody else listening, um, it has been it's been wonderful to have you along for the ride. I hope that's been useful to you. Get in touch with me um, and let me know what you think. You can um, get in touch with me via my website, timclairpert.co.uk. Just click on the right-hand side on the Contact Me link. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful week's writing.